It's been 72 hours since Chris demanded we enter the zombie mansion again. He kept saying something about speed runs. I was confused, but we all followed along. Now I'm trapped in some closet with a typewriter and some podcasting equipment. Haven't seen Jafar in over a day. Chris, we lost about 45 minutes after entering the building. But hopefully I'll be able to get in touch with him. Do you guys want a lockpick? Stop trying to give me lockpicks. I've got five. But but I've got a lot of lockpicks, and I really need to get some inventory space, and I can't bring myself to discard them. Just get rid of them. No, they're invaluable. They're lockpicks. I can't. Chris, Chris, are you out there? Hey, is this is this is this thing working? I think I think I found an intercom system for the mansion. Well, I guess I'm, I'm assuming it's for the mansion. I haven't seen you since we found that pool of your blood in the entryway. Again, I think that was just tomato soup. I'm glad uh, it wasn't Chris's blood. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Jafar, you can. There's there's plenty of lockpicks ahead, buddy. You can you can let that one go. Also, you should have found your first hip pouch by now. You should have more inventory. I did. I just have a lot of lockpicks. It's it's an unlimited use item. But whenever I left the room and came back in, another one was waiting for me. I just kept grabbing them all. I can't help myself. I might have a problem. Okay. That's a that's a deadly problem to have in a Resident Evil style mansion. Uh you guys you're still in the mansion, right? You haven't I'm in it? a I'm in a closet. I think it's I don't know. It must be nobody's been in here a while. It's just there's just me, a typewriter, and about forty spools of uh, uh, typewriter tape. Okay, okay. I might have to stop. I might have to swing by. Uh, oh, what am what am I kidding? I'm not gonna save. <laughs> um, save what? Y- you'll get it. You'll get it later. I think. Okay. Um. But yeah, you guys are still in the mansion, right? You haven't made it to the lab. I'm still in, like, the entranceway. Yeah, he just keeps giving uh, lockpicks to everyone. You guys are hopeless. Uh, uh, okay. okay. Well, I think I see a button to play the theme song over the intercom, so maybe we should just do it. All right, let's do that. Press that All button. Right. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where last week we picked a topic. This week we're going to pick our favorites, and next week we're going to use those picks to fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. Oh, wow. I'm Chris. That that was... Okay, I'm bad. That was, di- that was disturbed. <laughs> down down with the sickness. He's, Chris is down with the sickness, apparently. I'm not. I'm not. I, I appear to be immune to the zombie virus. Have oh. you been bitten? I've been, been bitten. bitten. Yeah, I've been bitten quite a lot, but it's okay. I keep smearing herbs on it, and I think I'm fine. Um. Okay, I don't. I don't think that's how marijuana works, Chris. But you know what? I'm not going to judge your life choices. That's not what I'm here to do. That's good. I think that that's what I'm here to do. Go <laughs> see a med. Go get medicine. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I've also had. I also have some first aid spray. Um, I've got, uh, a couple of grenades, uh, shotgun. Life is good. All right. I'm still just rolling with the nunchucks. Can you use lockpicks to kill a zombie? No. I'm probably just going to stay in this room, guys. All right. Yep. I don't think that zombies show up in that room until at least, I mean, if you were doing it casually, maybe 30 minutes in, so... So it's been get... 
It's, it's been, been a three days. days. Okay. Well, as long as you haven't opened all of the doors, you should be fine. Note to self, close doors. All right. It's a trigger. It's not like, it's once you've opened all of them, then it spawns zombies, I think. Um, have you guys noticed that this mansion plays by video game rules instead of real life rules? I mean, no. I don't know what you mean. How could it not play by real life rules? This is guess, real life. I guess that's fair. By by default, if something were to behave strangely in real life, it would still be real life. Yes. That is how things work. That's how reality is. Yes. Okay. What is real, but not real? That Ooh. sounds like a puzzle, Chris. That is a puzzle. Which is what we're here to draft today. Oh, <laughs> boy. Co-op segue. Air High five. five. <laughs> All right. So uh, to start us off, we do have some band picks to make. No, no picks. Band picks. No, no picks. And, and Chris, as the winner of last week's draft, uh, you do get the first band pick. Mm, okay. Um, while I am a fan of a lot of, of different puzzles, uh, I think that... Um, Yeah, I, th I think that the one thing I can't stand is jigsaw puzzles of cats. Yeah. So I'm going right. to um, yeah, ban jigsaw puzzles specifically of cats. All other choice. jigsaw puzzles allowed. Jigsaw puzzles of cats, not allowed. That's correct. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, and we won't discuss it anymore. All right, Jafar, what's your band pick? So my band pick is um, from a TV show called How I Met Your Mother. Um, in this uh, TV show, there is an episode where um, a bunch of New York uh, has to close down for a blizzard, I believe. Um, and so the bar that is in the basement area or the first floor area of the apartment complex where the main characters live is left open, um, is rather left unlocked and they get in and they open their own bar for a night and they decide to name the bar puzzles. Mm. Okay. Okay. And the puzzle of puzzles is why is the bar named puzzles? Well, that's the puzzle. And I hate yeah, that, that that's, shit. That's terrible, yeah. I hate that shit, and I'm banning Puzzles the Bar. Okay. <laughs> Fuck Puzzles. And fuck Ted. Terrible main character. Not a good guy. <laughs> I've, I've never show, watched that show. So. That show ended poorly. <laughs> it did. <laughs> well, for my no-no pick, I'm going in a similar vein to Chris... I am banning Jigsaw's puzzles. Oh, damn it. No murder puzzles allowed. No, you said you're banning Jigsaw's puzzles. We can still have murder puzzles, just not ones made by Jigsaw. Now, admittedly, that's like banning um, deep dish pizza and expecting somebody to be happy taking like regular pizza. So Deep dish is the worst it. kind of pizza. Deep dish is the worst kind of pizza. I meant Chicago-style deep dish. To be yeah. Clear. Yeah, it's the worst type of pizza. You guys are... Never mind. It's glorified lasagna without the noodles. I'm not interested. Yeah. Lasagna is fucking great. You're right. Lasagna is fucking great. That's why I'd rather have lasagna than a Chicago deep dish pizza. I've got no reason to ever eat a Chicago deep dish pizza. If I want pizza, I'll have actual pizza. If I want a lasagna, I'll have actual lasagna. It'll surprise no one. I actually know where it stands. Chicago, uh, Chicago Deep Dish is the fifth best kind of pizza. <laughs> That's <sighs> number one, Detroit. Number two, New York. Number three, flatbread. Number four, bagel. Number five, Chicago style deep dish. Where's regular pizza? That's New York style. No, New York is its own thing. 
other pizzas are just shitty New York pizzas, I think is what Ben is implying, which I, mean, I, I agree with. Yeah, a regular I, I do, pizza is that. just a shitty New York pizza. Yeah. And to be Re- clear, air quote regular pizza. <laughs> um, my issue is I would put a uh, deep fried um, Totina's pizza roll <laughs> above the Chicago deep dish and rank it number six. Well, deep fried Totino's pizza rolls, those are superior, but not everybody sure. has the, the technology available to deep fry things. With I've that, had an air fried. I've never had a deep fried. Oh, man. Um, next time uh, we're out of this giant bunker and you can come over, mm-hmm. I will take <laughs> my uh, chili seasoned cast iron. The uh, Literally all that I ever cook in this is chili and I occasionally deep fry pizza rolls in it. <laughs> um, so it, the oil picks up a strong chili flavor, <laughs> and that is what you want a deep-fried pizza roll in. I promise. It's literally a chili-seasoned cast iron. I want I to go to that. There. I would bet on us getting out of the bunker for a while, guys. I mean, it's a hypothetical. I'm still holding out hope. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, New York-style pizza is pretty much the best. I'll agree that it's number one. But I would put Chicago style number two. I put it number two. I said Detroit was the best. I like Detroit. I like Detroit style pizza. I like it because it's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like I do like the crispy, crunchy cheese on the sides. I like the lore of it that it's yeah. made in in tool tool trays. I always heard uh, oil pans. Yeah, oil pans or like parts trays or like basically yeah. just like. Something metal from the factory. That's the folklore of it. Uh, no, uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that nobody ever thought oil pan. Man, I'm kind of feeling like pizza right now. Is anybody feeling? See, I'm thinking it's, I, the it's other already way. greased. I'm thinking it's the other way. I'm thinking somebody definitely did that. But if you did that, you would get hella sick. Presumably, well, like, yeah. I guess. I mean, theoretically, you could be trying to use, like, corn oil to lubricate an engine or something. (laughs) I doubt it. Well, this is uh, quite the pizza-related tangent. (laughs) Um, But we can can get to picking our favorite puzzles if we like. Or we can talk about pizza for the next 40 minutes. I mean... We are already (laughs) 25 minutes into this. If we want to... If we want a hard segue into just doing a pizza draft... I'm no, here for it. But but maybe maybe that's our next draft. Um, also, do you think we can get delivery to this mansion? I doubt it. We'll find out after this episode. Oh, I thought you were about to throw us to an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored Shit, by DoorDash, because honestly, everything is right now. I mean, fair enough. Can we just do like a uh, an ad for DoorDash? Like, hey, hey, DoorDash. Stay safe out there. Right. <laughs> Lots of zombies around. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to get caught by a zombie DoorDash. All right. Ben, you've got the first pick. All right. <laughs> you seem woefully underprepared. I have exactly five picks. Oh good. <laughs> um but there is one puzzle that uh it, it's close to my heart. Uh I don't know if I've ever shared the story with you guys. Uh, I did something that I thought was semi-important. Uh, the night, Build a battle bot? No, the night of December uh, 31st, <laughs> 1999. Listen to as, Prince? No, I, I, I've never much cared for Prince. Okay, I'll uh, stop interrupting. Uh, as the, the clock was chiming down to a brand new millennium, I completed the last Puzz 3D of the 20th century. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so you, Ben. (laughs) (coughs) I think you killed Jafar. (laughs) Yep. I I had a a puzzle that I had almost completed, and I said, no. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to slide that last piece in right before the clock strikes midnight. And I will have completed the last puzzle in this time zone uh, of this millennium. So I'm taking <laughs> the last puzzle 3D. To be clear, it's any kind of puzzle. 
You know what, Ben? I mean, I'm not going to say that a Puzz 3D is not a puzzle. Puzz 3D is definitely a puzzle. I don't think that you had much competition for the Puzz 3D title. Exactly. That's why I'm pushing late, it. Late 90s was peak Puzz 3D, okay? Don't get Man. me wrong. I was also into Puzz 3D. Puzz 3D fucking rocks. I had a yeah, giant man. Millennium Falcon Puzz 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular one was a, uh, a Pacific Northwest totem pole. Hmm. Uh, I, I had Big Ben. I had uh, the Capitol Building. Oh, cool. Puzz 3Ds were fun. Yeah. And I completed the last one of the Millennium. That is my claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, no why, arguments. That, that is, is your claim to fame. That is why everyone knows my name on the level of the person who completed the last Puzz 3D of the Millennium. You should get a Wikipedia page so next time someone needs to know who did that, <laughs> they can know. Ben. I remember Ben's. taking a picture of it. <laughs> Ben's Wikipedia page would be would be great. You know, like um, college improv club club uh, leader of a, a nerdy uh, foam fighting group. Originator of super heaven jokes. Yep. <laughs> uh, draft um, the universe podcast footnote. Yep. Um, Founding uh, member of. Yeah, that's fun. Yep, yeah. so I'm taking Puzz 3D. All right. Excellent. Off to a, a good start, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll see in a couple more picks if we still feel that way. But right now, strong first round. Yeah. <laughs> for the second pick of the first round. Um, it's about to take a turn. <laughs> it's about to take a turn. No, um, I'm going to take um, my current favorite type of puzzle, um, which is the escape room. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to go with uh, wood puzzles. I have a couple uh, wood puzzles on my list. Um, for those that do not know me uh, personally or professionally, I guess, I am an avid collector of wood puzzles. I also make my own occasionally. Um, I have probably about 40 or 50 wood, pu- wood puzzles at work. People will borrow one fiddle with it, try and solve it, and either bring it to me back together and get to take a harder one away to play with for another week or two, or return to me a failure, and I solve it in front of them in about 15 seconds, and then they feel dumb, (laughs) uh, is typically how it goes. And then people will also bring in puzzles for me that they have either found that I have not tried or uh, think I might be interested in, or they are having problems solving or whatever, so... Yeah, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, a, a friend or coworker of yours uh, recently got you into uh, solving. And I'm putting that in parentheses. Uh, solving transformers. Um. So yeah, uh, one of my coworkers is a uh, transformer collector. He has, I don't even know how many. Um. But we had an interesting conversation because effectively they are a form of puzzle. Um, you know, you have to figure out the proper way to maneuver things and do stuff. And so he would bring me uh, transformers that I would have to change from. He, he usually brings them in like uh, caricature of a person mode. I don't even want to say like humanoid because that's not always the case. And then I would have to transform them into a dinosaur or animal or car and then bring them back. Mm-hmm. And he would review it at both stages. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. It's been a good time. Um, and I used to have a lot of fun with it. And then I saw how much some of those fucking things cost. Um, yeah. Uh, because the rule that we had established for myself was that I could see pictures of it in both forms. Just because I'm not familiar enough with the lore of Transformers to know what some of these things are supposed to look like. <laughs> um, and so I could, like, if I'm doing uh, Optimus Primal from Beast Wars, I could pull up a picture of the two finished modes, but I wasn't allowed to look at any like directions on how to transform it. Now, is this regular Optimus Primal or Transmetals Optimus Primal? Uh, the last one I did of Optimus Prime was regular Optimus Primal, and I'm guessing because he just looked like a normal gorilla and didn't have any metal yeah. bits, really, so I assume that that is not the... Transmetals. You, transmetals, yeah. Man, so two things about Transformers <laughs> real quick. Um, one, did- it's your first pick. <laughs> uh, I don't think it fits quite as as 
as as a puzzle so much as they are robots who transform themselves into and out of things. But um, number one, I hadn't until very recently watched or heard anything about the Transformers movie from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you were aware of this. Oh, you're talking about Orson? A bunch of Transformers die. Yes, Starscream like, dies. Straight up. Like Optimus Prime dies, like in yep. the very beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, just, I, I don't know. I watched a YouTube video on it the other day. Um, seems wild to me that in the 80s you could do that. You could, like, start an animated show solely to sell toys and then abruptly pivot after two seasons to do a, like, grim, dark, super serious, um, like, basically an anime film uh, where people die and try and cope with being on the verge of extinction. Um, and then you turn it back around, and within ten years, now they're all transforming into animals. <laughs> yeah. No, Transformers the movie is, like, just below Grave of the Fireflies in sadness. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, also, and also, also Unicron really was effort. voiced by Orson Welles, if you didn't know. Ooh, yeah. It was his last role. <laughs> oh, man. There, I think we should, we should uh, draft poor last performances. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> get, get Raul Julia... <laughs> <laughs> oh. What are you talking about? He was the best thing about that film. <laughs> yeah, poor last performance. Uh, I mean, maybe not poor last performances so much as regrettable last Unfortunate. performances. Unfortunate, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But yeah, number. We'll two workshop thing about it Transformers. later. Transformers. Um, I won't get, go into much detail about this because I don't have the permission of of uh, why well, I haven't I haven't checked uh, to see if I have the permission to speak about it. But um, a friend of the podcast has a sibling who writes comics uh, and has written for DC and a number of other uh, labels. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And wrote a Transformers comic. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. And put our uh, friend of the podcast kind of like in as a Transformer. So like, yeah, yeah, this is uh, a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, some of us are immortalized as Transformers. Some of us completed the last Puzz 3D of a millennium. Uh, you know, we Some all have our claims to sad. fame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just sad and lonely. It's fine. Um, <laughs> anyways. So, Chris, what is your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find a segue in there, and I just, I couldn't. <laughs> it's, fu- it's fine. Um, um, I think that this probably is not going to surprise anybody, um, but for my first pick, I'm going to go with um, The Puzzle that kind of instilled in me a love of both puzzles and video games. Um, And I am going to refer to it as a single puzzle. It is comprised of many uh, smaller puzzles, um, and it tells a a pretty interesting story in a very unique way, even to this day. Um, I'm going to take Mist. Yep, I had actually written it before you started talking. So... So Mist is just, um, for those who haven't played it, I would highly recommend it. It's almost, it's available almost monthly on some kind of sale. Um, and even by today's standards, it is an impressive game. Uh, not graphics wise, but in terms of like content and respecting the uh, player's abilities and asking them to do real thinking on things. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Mist Island itself is kind of like this intricate puzzle box with things hidden in plain sight everywhere. Uh, it leads to a number of other places that all have their own purpose, worlds that are built kind of as training tools. Uh, initially for like the sons of the main character in this, in this um, story. Um, and then they, they kind of function also to teach the player how to like uh, solve more and more um complicated puzzles and the game is also pretty wide open you can tackle it in a lot of different ways um it's got some non it's got some some choices that uh very much affect the ending which was unique for the time um and it probably popularized pc gaming um 10 years earlier than it would have otherwise uh, been so so yeah missed 
All right. All right. Well, you got another one, Chris. I do. Um, and this one is uh, also an easy pick for me. Um, I'm going to take the Agony Box. From the- Star Trek in the Mirror no. Universe? No, 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 that, no. That's an agonizer chamber, Jaffer. Oh, my, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Agony Box. Um, uh, a, a youngster, um, maybe uh, uh, 16 years old, uh, uh, gets a visit one day uh, from an old lady. He puts his hand into a box and uh, he begins to feel ah. his hand uh, beginning to burn. Uh, and it gets harder and harder and, and, and more painful until he feels the skin on his on his hand like crinkling and shrinking um, under the heat. Meanwhile, the old lady has placed a gum jabbar to his neck and mm-hmm. told him, if you take your hand out of the box, you will feel the prick of my gum jabbar and you will die. But if like a human, you wait, <laughs> you might survive. So the, go- the the agony box in the Doom universe, or not Doom universe, in the Dune universe, play the stinger now, thank you. Resident visions. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. Not in the mood for details. Now you listen to me. Details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. Resident visions of Dune. Brown. <laughs> um. It, it functions as like a test of humanity um, and in in so much as it is kind of like a insolvable problem really it's it's kind of a puzzle in the same way that like a Zen Koen is a puzzle um, there's only two solutions to it um, but figuring out which one is correct is very important so I actually have a problem with this right because it's yep. supposed to be a test of humanity, right? Like, mm-hmm. and this is after the Butlerian Jihad, right? So we want to make sure you're a human and not like a, a sophisticated android, right? This is like something that is pertinent and a concern for people. Okay, I think I see the misunderstanding already. It's, so it's not to determine if you're a robot. It's to it's prove to you're not an animal. Yeah, to make sure you're not an animal. Because basically a fox okay. with its leg trapped um, in, in a trap... Uh, will chew its own leg off trying to get away, and then it will bleed out. A human will lay in wait uh, for the person to come in and try and kill them and at least get revenge. So that's kind of the whole idea is, is, is do you have the ability to withstand great pain in order to take revenge on your enemies? Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that, that definitely clarifies it a bit because it's just like, yeah, I'm a robot, whatever. I'll just turn off pain for a minute. Didn't, <laughs> like, it's just like, congratulations. Yeah. So, no, that makes more sense now. (laughs) Thank you. The Agony Box was uh, in the very first novel, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the more pertinent details of the Butlerian Jihad did not arise until later, um, much later, uh, additions to the Dune universe. All right. So, um, it's my pick now, Mm -hmm. and I'm not taking an Agony Box, but I am taking something where a box will cause a great deal of agony. Are you taking the Boo Box? No, I don't oh, know okay. what that is. <gasps> the boo box? From Hook? The box that they throw Glenn Close in and then drop scorpions in on her? Oh, <laughs> man. Nice reference, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no. So uh, I'm, uh, I like Chris in the last round, I'm going to be taking a video game here. I'm going to be taking what is probably one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, I have been playing it, God, probably my entire life. Um, I remember one of the first video games I ever had was a like old school, late eighties, early nineties, little handheld grayscale mm-hmm. versions of this game. Um, mm-hmm. I had a watch that had it, um, built in when I was a kid. Um, I played it on uh, Nintendo. I played it on super Nintendo. I played it on game boy. I okay. still play it. Today in its current battle royale form. Yep, yep. 
So the game in which a box can cause you a lot of agony is, of course, Tetris. I think more accurately, it's a game in which a failure to find a certain kind of box can cause you a lot of agony. Yes. Um, And I fucking love Tetris 99. Let me tell you guys how good Battle Royale Tetris is. If you have not given it a shot yet and you have a Switch with a Nintendo Online Pass, just go for it. If you have any interest at all in Tetris, uh, you will enjoy it a great deal. Uh, you might get a little frustrated here and there because like, you'll just have games where, oh, eight people are randomly attacking me. Guess I'm fucked. Uh, this will happen just like in any other Battle Royale game. But Tetris 99 is a joy. You rem- you mentioning uh, watches with video games makes me remember I had a watch that had uh, the original Star Fox on it. Me too, actually. And those things are apparently super expensive now, and mine got thrown away. Um, I'm sure mine did too, hence them being Ugh. super expensive. Yeah, I think that's, it's kind of like backwards causation. It's not that they became super expensive um, and then people's watches got thrown away. <laughs> People's watches kept getting thrown away, and so now nobody can find one. What did you, you call reverse causation? Yeah, it's just called causation. It's just called market demand, Chris. Well, <laughs> I was saying, I was saying it's the opposite to what people expect it is, right? So, like everybody's always like thinking, like, oh, it's a shame I don't have that. They sell for so much now. The reality mm. is, if everybody saved so it, because you had, you, because you've lost it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we've we've had some some heavy hitters come off, uh, but I'm going to uh, to go with one of the great puzzles. Uh, you've probably played it, and you never knew the name of it. Uh, it's one of the first puzzles people get exposed to as kids, though you're often not taught the rules. If you've ever played a Bioware game, you've probably played this puzzle. I'm taking the Tower of Hanoi. Ah. What's that? The Tower of Hanoi is the the stacking rings puzzle, where oh, you've got the okay. the three, you'll have two or three posts. you'll have three posts, yeah. a stack of rings, and you have to get the stack from one side to the other, and you can never put a bigger ring on top of a smaller ring. Okay, mm-hmm. there's actually kind of a derivative puzzle of this. Um, uh, you can imagine uh, having like containers of different sizes and trying to like measure a specific amount of a liquid like a water Mm -hmm. there's all there's a derivative of that in resident evil 2 remake um where you have to get some uh uh, uh, like a plant uh exterminant into uh, a container so yeah no the towers of hanoi um classic puzzle ben Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of variants of it um there's like five post, seven post, nine post, 11 post versions of it mm-hmm. where you've got just this giant stack of rings. Uh, but the solution is always effectively the same. Yeah, once you know how, how the pattern, yeah, it's, it's always doable. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple versions that have multiple stacks and stuff too. Uh, there's ways to make it interesting. Um, stacking the same size ones on top of each other and stuff with Mm -hmm. uh, more limited posts that alter the pattern. But for the most part, once you got it, you got it. I know one of the first gifts Henry got as a baby was a uh, three different sets of Tower of Hanoi. Hmm. Um, So it's something just it it is everywhere. And I was I wasn't going to let it go. All right. Well, you got one more to not let go, Ben. What are you going to take? That's true. Uh, And uh some some people like puzzles that are uh are easy to play and f- hard to master like tetris um some people like puzzles that uh really really test you and that's what i'm going to call this this is a puzzle that is a large part of one of the great greatest video games of all time and it separated the people who could beat it and the people who couldn't. And a lot of people couldn't. To the point where when they remade the game, they changed this puzzle. I'm taking the Water Temple from Ocarina of Time. Ooh. Yep. 
I mean, the main issue with the Water Temple was that it did get to a point where it was unsolvable. It never got unsolvable. The problem was there was a block behind a chest after you fought a Mirror Link that you had to know to walk around the chest to make the block disappear, mm-hmm. and that got you to the last key. Yeah, but there is a way to get trapped in there forever besides that. Oh, I, I'm not familiar with... I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised, but... Uh, and I think also what further complicates it is that it comes very early in the game, um, and comparatively speaking, requires a lot more coordination than later temples. Yeah. I mean, the Shadow Temple is super hard, but after the Water Temple, it doesn't feel like nothing. But yeah. it is a, a puzzle that involves raising and lowering water levels, and uh, you have to uh, constantly be, you're constantly fighting and constantly, okay, if I raise the water to the middle level, what can I do down underwater on the bottom level? Uh, and it's it's real tricky, and you have to start thinking real three dimensionally, which was really hard in the first ge- uh, first generation of three D games. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of having to think three dimensionally, and um, a game that some people had a lot of trouble with, uh, that is my next pick. Um, I've described this game in the past as being the perfect length. Um, it is just enough game. It's very satisfying. Um, and sometimes it's a dexterity puzzle. Sometimes it's a thought puzzle. And the fact that it's got a very base set of mechanics and it just plays with that more than anything else to make it work is something I've always really appreciated because Portal is a excellent demonstration on what you can do with just slightly altering the rules of reality. Once you get yourself thinking with portals. Yep. Portal is a great game. Fantastic game. Yes, it is. That was on my list. Well, I hope you had more than five ready. (laughs) The pause told us all we needed to know. (laughs) It's fine. There's actually a computer with some limited 1998-style uh, internet in the uh, lab that I'm in right now, so I'll just uh, do a tiny bit of Googling. Well, I'm not, not Googling. I guess Ask Jeevesing? AltaVista-ing? Uh, Lycosing? Probably AltaVista-ing, yeah. Yeah, okay. Encarta it. Ooh, Encarta. Nice. By the way, uh, you can find a Tower of Hanoi... Uh, puzzle on the website mathisfun.com <laughs> not surprised um, yeah and just by increasing the number of discs to eight uh you take the number of moves required to solve it to 255 <laughs> and you can hit a button and watch it solve itself and i've been watching that <laughs> for the past two minutes it's still going and it just finished and that was really satisfying to watch um All right. Okay, Chris, what is your pick? Well, this next one um, I didn't have to think much about because I think that this is probably one of the most famous puzzles in history. Um, It's one of the only puzzles really that that, uh, features prominently um, in any sort of folklore. Uh, And the solution to the puzzle um, represents like an entire category of solutions to puzzles. Uh, one which is not typically respected in modern pu- puzzle solving, um, but one that I think is very important when you think about puzzles just as a like as a category. Um, I'm going to take the Gordian Knot. All right. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, the Gordian Knot uh, is in folklore. I guess not in folklore, but in in um, Myth- entails uh, Alexandrian of- legend. In Alexandrian legend, Alexander the Great, uh, the uh, Macedonian conqueror, was um, marching on into the Phrygian capital of Gordium in modern-day Turkey. Uh, they encountered an ancient wagon with its yoke that is tied with uh, a basically like the worst knot in the entire world. Like it is a, a 
set of earbuds that have been in your pocket for months. Yes, um, and it's the there's a prophecy basically that he who uh, soever can untangle this knot uh, will be uh, was destined to become the ruler of all Asia. Now this is very interesting because I don't know why Phrygian tradition would have a knot that um, would like who would become the ruler of all Asia. It sounds really self-serving to Alexander. Um, Gas ha- has our most things revolving <laughs> around his life. You mean the guy who named 20 cities after himself kind of was all up in his own butt. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Alexander fam- famously uh, tires of solving this puzzle by untangling it, draws his sword and with a single stroke uh, cleaves clean through the knot. And it has come since to be a description of solving a puzzle um, by missing the but, point entirely. <laughs> I would say that in a more uh, in a more philosophical sense, it represents like a sidestepping the the complexity of something for a simpler solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, in this particular case, Alexander totally missed the point. <laughs> All right, Chris, you got one more. I do. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go for is. Um, I mentioned this earlier, um, and I was I was interested to see maybe if, if somebody was going to snipe it from me. Um, in uh, Zen Buddhism, there is the concept of a koan, which is uh, it's a very broad category, um, but it essentially represents like a story, a dialogue, a question, or like a statement that is used to investigate your own like. Uh, practice within within uh, Zen uh, to like kind of figure things out, um, and in some traditions, in particular, there's one called Hua To. Um, these are these are basically like questions that don't have answers that you're supposed to like kind of focus on, and the actual practice of like having a koan ends up becoming something like essentially pushing the mind beyond its ability to approach the problem rationally and logically to a point where it, it, it responds intuitively with a solution that represents enlightenment. Um, I've always been fascinated by this. The most famous example of these is probably... Um, one hand clapping? Yeah, one hand clapping. Uh, and then also uh, uh, Mu, which is a harder one to, to describe, but essentially... One one uh, student asks a master whether dogs can can be Buddhas. Another uh, he says yes, um, and another student comes up and asks him the same question, and he responds mu, uh, which essentially is like the concept of nothingness in Chinese. Uh, and so, basically, he gives a conflicting answer, and that's a koan. Like, how how do you reflect on how both of those things can be true? How something can be both true and false and it ends up being about how like maybe thinking in categories like that is the is the falsehood it's uh, funny but, that that would be called a cohen because that's how i feel about all of the cohen brothers movies <laughs> also that reminds me Jokes. uh chris i yeah. i just had somebody point out to me that my uh the one line from dune that we use in our stinger is a pun what do you mean because moods are a thing for cattle <laughs> that is why oh, Gurney Halleck says that. All right. <laughs> wow. What a world we live in. I used to like Gurney. <laughs> oh, see, I like him more. <laughs> oh, I'm so surprised. All right, well, I can pick up this uh, dropped lead here and uh, go ahead and move on to the next pick. Um, I had mentioned before I collect wood puzzles. Um, I have a great deal of them in a number of varieties. Um, Just about every type of famous classic wood puzzle has some form of representation in one form or another in my collection currently, of which my favorite is not the most difficult. It is not the easiest. Um, but I think it's one of the most fun because once 
your brain clicks and you understand it, it's a very easy puzzle. But until that point, it is one of the most frustrating puzzles <laughs> I have ever seen anyone try to solve. And a lot of people will like accidentally solve it and not understand it and then not be able to put it back together. And that's my favorite. Oh, fun. Uh, because it's all like, no, you didn't earn this. Like, you have to go back and do it again and figure out why you solved it. <laughs> uh, this puzzle is attributed to Leonardo da Vinci. Um, I believe falsely I found out, but I'm going to double check that. But uh, the name of the puzzle is the da Vinci Cross. Oh, yeah. Which I will uh, get into more detail on next week i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spill the beans on it right now uh because yeah. once you know how it works that kind of defeats the purpose so i'll save that for next week uh yeah. but it is Do a lot of fun one that you could bring uh like well i guess not maybe not for for me but like could you have ben try and solve it um so my da vinci cross is currently at my office at work and i am currently trapped in the bunker with you two so no all right. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Um, that said, um, if we get out of here or I find a wood shop, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have all of the tools and the wood required at my wood shop at home, so could theoretically do it. Could theoretically I construct I, I, one. I would definitely be down to solving a puzzle on pod. I love puzzles. Uh, <laughs> I'll see what I can I do. Think, I think that there's a wood shop um, attached to the garage of the mansion. You guys, I mean, Ben, you're just in the upstairs closet. So probably, you, well, you'd need to get the, you'd need to get the key. Um, the key that looks like uh, a diamond, I think. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Oh, well, actually... Maybe don't look for that one. That one's past the first boss. I don't know if you guys are ready for that. Can I kill it with lockpicks? You certainly cannot. Then I'm going to stay put while Ben tells us his next pick. I'm pretty sure I'll I'll be able to kill it with nunchucks. So far, everything I've come across in here has been nunchuckable. It's amazing that they just randomly still light on fire sometimes. Mm -hmm. It seems when I get really angry, suddenly they just... Ignite? Yeah, I was not expecting that yeah. at all but for any reason based in reality. But here we are. I'm happy with it. All right, Ben. You got two picks to finish off the fourth and start the fifth round. What are you taking? For the fourth round, I am taking the Oak Island Money Pit. <laughs> are you guys familiar with this? Yes, I actually am. Are you, are you Chris? It's hey, fair. Is this something that your folks like to watch on TV? It is. My dad loves this show. Yeah, because my folks love it too. <laughs> One of the, the great Canadian mysteries. There's an island. They say there's treasure buried on there. And no one can get to it. The, the money pit, of course, is not the pit where money is, but rather all of the money people have thrown into trying to get rich on this fucking island. Yes. Yep. And there, there are a whole bunch of different legends about what's there from uh, buried pirate treasure to the Holy Grail to the Ark of the Covenant that was buried there by Templars. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, the actual pit itself is uh, a very interesting uh, architectural uh, uh, phenomenon where it's only solvable if you are the person who made it and whoever made it has been dead for a long time so it's just it is a probably insolvable puzzle but people keep trying and so far six people have died trying to strike it rich on oak island <laughs> okay all right ben last pick of the puzzles draft all you. right we still there's still still more yes. to come after. Uh, for my last pick, I'm taking the Voynich manuscript. Oh, Ooh. nice pull, Ben. Very nice. 
so I'm I'm actually really proud of you guys. Everybody just knew what that was. Yeah, that was so cool. No, if I had remembered it before you had said it, I totally would have taken it. But man, what a good pull! Um, but it is a very obscure random thing. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? So it is a book that was written sometime in uh, the early 1400s. That is handwritten, uh, and no one can read it. It was made some, like, it's assumed to be made in Italy somewhere, and no one knows what it says. There's a lot of writing, a lot of illustrations. It's several hundred pages long, and no one has been able to figure out anything about it. Uh, Even AI. They've tried throwing AI at scans of it, and it just, nothing. It does not conform to any uh, understood uh, cipher or uh, uh, method of language. So it's, you know, hey, you, you check it through all the, you know, Italian ciphers at the time. Nothing. Okay, well, what else could have been? Hey, let's run it through any kind of, you know, Mongolian stuff because the, <laughs> the Mongolian Empire was huge at the time. Uh, nope, nothing. Okay, uh, Holy Roman Empire, throw it through everything German. Nothing. No one knows what it says. And that's so cool. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. It's super cool. Super good pick, Ben. Very, very happy to have that represented on the list. Uh, what is it called? One second. The Voynich Manuscript. V-O-Y-N-I-C-H. Sorry, I'm speaking to myself. Sorry. Uh, so the reason that I know about the Voynich Manuscript is um, worth a brief aside um, just because it's going to throw out some things that if you're really into things like the Voynich Manuscript, you absolutely should know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found the Voynich Manuscript in a very circular fashion. Um, I found a short story uh, by an Argentinian writer named Jorge Luis Borges, uh, who, if you are not familiar with, you absolutely should uh, find something and read it. You can find a lot of his work online for free. He was uh, a writer active in the... Uh, the 1940s uh, through the 1960s, I believe. Um, he was a magic, a magical realist writer. And so the story Talan Ukbar Orbis Tertius is about a, um, it's essentially about a, a, an, a book kind of like the Voynich manuscript, except that the book becomes reality as people write more about it. Um, so like, it's kind of about the construction of reality. It was written in 1940 before the internet. And so like the idea that reality could be constructed by what we publish and what we read was like way out there and has become like the, just has become reality, right? Like it's, um, but yeah. And then that book in turn led me to the Codex Seraphinianus, which is a, <laughs> Uh, kind of like a modern day Voynich manuscript. Um, it is a uh, encyclopedia of an imaginary world that was created by an Italian artist named Luigi Serafini uh, in the 1970s. And uh, it is written in an imaginary language that is purposely um, impossible to translate. Uh, whereas we kind of just assume that the Voynich manuscript is um impossible to translate uh because we haven't found a key to it yet um but that one's just bizarre imagine like the voynich manuscript but it's also written by shell silverstein so you've got all sorts of weird creatures and it's it's wonderful all right jafer what is your last pick my last pick is the most complex puzzle that we know of um it is something that People will go to school for years to study and still our understanding of it as a society, um, even in this day and age where information is open and shared, um, scientific discovery is uh, commonplace and uh, shared greatly throughout society. Um, there's, you know, once someone finds something, it is, it's open information. And this puzzle is, of course, the human mind. Yep. (laughs) 
I mean, some people's minds, certainly. I don't understand many people. It's how it works. <laughs> All right, Chris, All right, take us home. I guess, yeah, I guess it falls to me. Um, and my, my last one would actually be a pretty good one to go out on. Do you guys have any honorable mentions before I reveal my last one? I, I guarantee you that you, you haven't picked it, so you can you can go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Break, breaking protocol, I feel a little weird, but uh, I was going to throw an honorable mention to The Witness. Yeah. I love The Witness. It's great. Um, and it doesn't care if you solve it, so... That's fun. <laughs> ben, you got an honorable mention? Um, no. Chris, do you got an honorable <laughs> mention? <laughs> um, I mean, all the other Mist games are fantastic oh, in yeah. terms of like Mist ha- Mist invented almost a, a style of puzzle where it's not so much about figuring out something that has been purposely obfuscated, but about discovering how something functions. That was simply that is simply alien to you. Um, unlike so I just really unlike Sierra games, which were convoluted because the games were just ways to sell the uh, the, the strategy <laughs> guides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then to to put into complete contrast, I'm also going to do an honorable mention to a particular puzzle in the apartment of Silent Hill Two where you have to drop a six pack of orange soda down a garbage chute to dislodge a key. Um, it is the most bogus bullshit puzzle that has ever been created. And uh, it is routinely stumping. It routinely stumps people who play the game for the first time. It's, it's dumb. So, but yeah, so, okay. So the reason that I, I proposed that we move um, this last pick to the end is because I think that it's a good, a good thing to, to go out on. So, I, I've beaten a couple of bosses. Um, I've, I've used a lot of green herbs. I still got a couple. I think I'm in good, good condition. Um, I've got a, a promising lead on the, the location of a rocket launcher, um, which I think would be fun. There's just one problem, and that is that I can't solve this puzzle, guys. Yeah? Yeah. So... So it's one of those tricky puzzles um, where you have to type in a word into a computer. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean it's it's a password. I have to decipher somebody's password. Um, and rather than write down their password in their journal, which I have, they wrote it down in a riddle. And I'm pretty sure that once I type in the answer to this, um, I think I'll go and fight the final boss and I might be able to get us out of this mansion. Okay. Uh, so maybe if you can all just kind of like think about the answer to this one uh, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll come back to it next episode and hopefully we can type it in and I'll see about getting us out of here. All right. So here's the riddle. A donkey behind another donkey. I'm behind that second donkey with a whole nation behind me. Um, and then there's also a postscript. It is a murder you can describe in a word. So yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe if the viewers want to try and help me out with this one. Um, well, not viewers, listeners. If you want to try and help me out with this one, um, Ben will tell you our contact information in a second, but in the meantime... Why don't you enjoy this theme song I'm about to play over the intercom? There we go. Uh, This theme song is by the Kickstand Band off of their album, How It Feels. Well, it's off the album Cut It Loose. Or Cut Them Loose. Sorry, I'll I'll read it. This song is uh, by the Kickstand Band. It's called How It Feels off the album Cut It Loose. You can find it wherever you get music. And feel free to shoot us an email at draftuniverse at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite puzzles are, or if you're able to figure out Chris's riddle. Uh, and you can also try and figure out Chris's riddle on facebook.com slash draftuniverse, on Twitter at draftuniverse, and uh, you can engage with us and our social media manager, Keith, there. Maybe Keith knows the answer. Maybe. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith.
We'll see you next week, Internet.